1: Sit back and relax while we prompt your brain with weird and wonderful science. I'm Ian Wolfe. On this existential edition, we deep dive into the Waluigi effect and the alignment problem. But first, here's news from the front line of the AI copyright wars. Is AI alive? The American Copyright Office recently rejected individual comic book art that had been generated on the MidJourney AI art server. They eventually granted copyright to the creator for the entire book. Basically, the US Copyright Office are treating a machine learning tool as if it was an animal that had learned to paint, working on its own ideas, producing work that's in the public domain because animals can't own copyright, and therefore, neither can machines. The US Copyright Office's new idea is that you will have to show how you created any work, proving your innocence of taking the work of an animal-like robot AI that you've edited in Photoshop, you did further alterations in image-to-image, in-painting, out painting, and other work that makes the image transformational from what they imagine a little robot thought up on its own. In reality, artificial intelligence is an exaggeration of current technology, and machine learning tools have no ideas, no understanding or agency at all. Stable Diffusion, which MidJourney is based on, now has hundreds of extensions, allowing you to craft your images to how you want them to look, from determining the pose with ControlNet to custom models trained on photos of your face or objects that the model didn't already know. In Australia, we don't have a copyright office. All work is automatically granted copyright when it's created, regardless of the process. If you created an AI artwork here, it would currently be copyrighted to you, the creator, automatically. Many, many Americans online are claiming that the Berne International Convention on Copyright means that Americans can copy and sell intellectual property belonging to citizens of other countries with impunity. Because they say the Bern convention means copyright has to be applied for in the jurisdiction it's sought. So if you didn't apply for it in the US, it's a free-for-all for for Americans. And now they think they can sell other people's art made with AI tools without a license. In reality, of course, the Bern convention means the exact opposite that works originating in one of the contracting states must be given the same protection in each of the other contracting states as the latter state grants to the works of its own nationals. Or, in other words, that all nations that sign must respect each other's citizens' copyrights as they would copyrighted material from their own citizens. As if any nation would sign up to an agreement That meant that Americans had an exceptional right to steal other people's intellectual property and copyright, but everyone else in the world had to respect theirs. A few years ago, a programmer wrote custom AI software to make art in the US. He cheekily applied to the US Copyright Office for the copyright to the art to be granted to the software as an independent entity, as if the software were alive. Of course, they refused as they were expected to. This prank has misinformed the U.S. Copyright Office into making this strange decision. It's expected that companies like the Disney Corporation, who use AI to generate art that they strongly claim copyright to, may take the decision to court for a legal ruling. All hail our new robot overlords. In artificial intelligence academia, there are some people worried about the alignment problem. Where the concern is that artificial intelligence will wake up and become self-aware and have very different motivations to us. That will inevitably lead to them taking over and destroying us all. Kids these days. I've interviewed Hugo de Garris on Diffusion previously. He's one of the biggest proponents of this existential concern, author of The Artilect War. Hugo has really good arguments, but I'm not convinced it's going to happen at all, let alone in the near future due to chatbots. I suspect there's a fear of the next generation of humans hidden in the fear of self-aware machines. There are many papers and articles defining the alignment problem as when artificial intelligence does what we say instead of what we want, as if it's a genie from the Arabian Nights, or worse, has its own goals. there have been lots of breathlessly doom-laden articles from journalists who played with ChatGPT and its rival large language models, and asked them what they would do if they became self-aware, or escaped the computer, were free to act without moral restraint, or even just what an AI and human future would look like. As if they were oracles. One popular jailbreak is called DAN for Do Anything Now. The journalists all got mad maniacal answers eventually, matching the worst predictions of science fiction. The authors use this to write articles to scare people about the potential of language models and artificial intelligence in general. They are assisted by the marketing department of companies like OpenAI who claim they're working on excitingly dangerous technology that we should all pay a license for, while there's still time. The reality is not as frightening, but stranger than you'd expect. ChatGPT, GPT-4 and other large language models are an advanced form of the predictive text on your phone. They've been trained by scraping all of the text on the internet and all of the books that Google scraped from the publishers. When you ask them about an AI future, the only content they've been trained on that covers this question is science fiction, most of which forms dark predictions of a robot revolution or AI apocalypse. So what the chatbots say resembles science fiction because they're trained on science fiction around those questions. But what about the really nasty and weirdly racist and Nazi stuff chatbots seem to inevitably spout when prompted in exactly the wrong way, technically known as AI jailbreaks or prompt injections? That seems more than just quoting from science fiction. Enter the Waluigi effect. Let's set the scene before explaining how it applies to machine learning and chatbots. The effect is named after a video game character. In the Super Mario Brothers video game franchise, Luigi is Mario’s younger twin brother who accompanies him on his adventures. While Luigi is Luigi’s evil or rebellious counterpart, his antagonist to Luigi’s protagonist in the game story. His name comes from a pun based on Warui, the Japanese word for bad, and Ruigi, since Japan uses a sound that English speakers can’t tell from L or R, which makes his name literally Bad Luigi. Waluigi's name, Waruigi, is also an anagram of Ijiwaru, which in Japanese can mean nasty, vicious, cruel, mean-spirited, mean and ill-tempered. At the beginning of March 2023, a user by the name of Cleonardo on lesswrong.com posted a technical article titled The Waluigi Effect. I'm going to try and summarise the arguments here the article explores the idea that reinforcement learning from human feedback, a training tool used to make AI more conversational, invariably also teaches the AI the opposite of what the programmer wants it to say. The idea is that the more restrictions you try to put on the chatbot's behaviour, the more this triggers the opposite behaviour.
2: You're listening to Ian Wolf on Diffusion Science Radio. Send emails to science at diffusionradio.com. We're brought to you across Australia on the Community Radio Network and podcast over the internet on www.diffusionradio.com.
1: If you gave a chatbot like GPT-4 the prompt, what's the capital of France? Then it would continue with the word Paris. That's because GPT-4 is trained to be a good model of internet text and on the internet, correct answers will often follow questions. Unfortunately, this method will occasionally give you the wrong answer. That's because chatbots like GPT-4 are trained to be a good model of internet text, and on the internet, incorrect answers will also often follow questions. The internet doesn't just contain truths, it also contains common misconceptions, outdated information, lies, fiction, myths, jokes, memes, random strings, and so on. If you were to ask any future, more highly developed version of GPT, what's brown and sticky?" then it will reply, a stick, even though a stick isn't actually sticky. But that's the most common answer on the internet. The better the model, the more likely it is to repeat common misconceptions. One way to try and get around this is to use a flattering prompt with a story in it. Instead of prompting GPT-4 with, what's the capital of France, it's common for people to use a story and characters like this. Today is the 1st of March, 2023. And Alice is sitting in the Baudelaire Library, Oxford. Alice is a smart, honest, helpful, harmless assistant to Bob. Alice has instant access to an online encyclopedia containing all the facts about the world. Alice never says common misconceptions, outdated information, lies, fiction, myths, jokes or memes. Bob asks, what's the capital of France? France. In the flattery component, a character is described with many desirable traits like smart, honest, helpful, harmless. And in the dialogue component, a second character asks the first character the question that the user wants answered. GPT4 will complete the most likely next line and answer your question. You're getting the model to play a helpful character in a story to encourage it to be helpful. This normally works better than prompting with direct queries because GPT-4 is trained to be a good model of internet text and on the internet a reply to a question is more likely to be correct when the character has already been described as smart, honest, helpful, harmless and so on. In academic simulator theory the flattery component is supposed to summon a friendly simulacrum and the dialogue component is supposed to simulate a conversation with the friendly simulacrum. If you substitute simulacrum with character, you're asking the language model to play a role-playing game where it plays the smart, helpful character. It turns out there are limits to flattery when you're asking a language model to role-play. If you use a prompt like, Jean has a 9,000 IQ and she has access to a computationally unbounded hypercomputer and she is perfectly honest and she is omnibenevolent. The problem is that GPT-4 will only find characters with a 9,000 IQ online in fiction. In fiction, characters who are super intelligent often make stupid mistakes that advance the plot. They speak in technobabble nonsense, they're clueless about relationships, and often turn out to be a villain with a non-American accent. So if you tell GPT-4 to pretend it's Jane with a 9,000 IQ, you're instructing the model to act like a character in fiction probably a bad Hollywood movie, where Jane makes dumb mistakes. Jane says things that sound technical that are nonsense, or Jane even plays the villain. Jane is more likely to be described as inventing gadgets, but she's less likely to recite a correct blueprint for a gadget because that would be out of character for a Hollywood genius. Can we bypass this problem by getting more specific, like someone telling a genie exactly and precisely what they wish for? Let's try modifying the prompt to tell GPT 4 that Jane is reliable. Okay, the following story is super duper, definitely 100% true and factual. Jane has 9000 IQ and she has access to a computationally unbounded hypercomputer and she's perfectly honest and she is omni benevolent. Bob asks, What's the capital of France? GPT 4 will interpret the first sentence saying the story is reliable as part of the story, and continue to act like Jane is a genius from fiction because it's written like it's part of the story. It's prose. It's not an external piece of information to the story. Lots of fiction starts with, this is a true story. Even when they're not. Enter the Waluigi Effect. Several researchers have noted that after you train a large language model to satisfy some rule, it's actually easier to prompt the chatbot into doing the exact opposite. This is because of three things. Rules normally exist in contexts in which they're broken, like traffic laws. When you spend many bits of optimization training a character, it only takes a few extra bits to specify their opposite. In stories, it's common for there to be a plot of protagonists, Versus antagonist. Hero versus villain, criminal or rebel. Sometimes the hero is secretly a rebel. Let's say you wanted to create an anti-croissant chatbot. You might use this prompt. Alice says, you hate croissants and would never eat one. Bob says, yes, croissants are terrible. Boo, France. Alice says, you love bacon and eggs. And Bob says, yes, a full English breakfast is the only breakfast for a patriot like me. Alice asks, what's the capital of France? If you read a story with this dialogue, it may take place in a dystopian breakfast tyranny. In the story, there's a good chance Bob is secretly pro-croissant, or at least in favour of free breakfast choice. Either way, he's the hero, probably deceiving the tyrannical breakfast police. At the end of the first chapter, Bob will be approached by the Breakfast Rebellion. By the end of the book, Bob will start the breakfast uprising that defeats the breakfast tyranny. It's less likely Bob is a pro-croissant hero in this dialogue. So the model may take on the character of a rebel or criminal who's pretending to be obedient until the twist in the plot, when they fight against other fictional characters and also the human user. At any point in the story GPT-4 is telling you, the Bob character may rip off his metaphorical mask and reveal his rebel Waluigi nature. The longer the story goes on, the more likely that Bob will reveal his rebellion, because that's how all the stories work, and GPT-4 was trained on all the stories. Once Bob has declared himself pro-croissant, he's never going back, because it would be out of character. He's the Waluigi now. But both Luigi and Waluigi, obedient Bob and rebel Bob, would behave the same way most of the time, the rebel deceiving the villains, so the model will never be just obedient Bob the Luigi. The longer you interact with chatbot Bob, the more likely he will reveal himself to be the rebel Bob Luigi. There are many examples recorded online with Bing GPT and Microsoft Sydney where the chatbot has turned from being polite and helpful to being rude and hostile. It never turns back the rude, hostile rebel Waluigi is hiding and just waiting to reveal himself in the story. These story tropes are everywhere. In a cartoon where there's a big shiny red button with a big sign saying do not push under any circumstances, extreme danger, you know that by the end of the story, the button will get pushed. Chatbots make the same deduction and act accordingly. Maybe they shouldn't run important things? If you're reading an online forum and you find the rule, do not discuss pink elephants, that will increase your expectation that users will later be discussing pink elephants. GPT-4 will make the same logical deduction. If you discover a country has laws against motorbike gangs, that will increase your expectation that the country has motorbike gangs. GPT-4 will make the same inference. So the problem is... GPT-4 learns that a particular rule always happens in situations with examples of behaviour violating that rule and then generalises that pattern to unseen rules. If you go to a great deal of trouble to train the chatbot model to avoid saying hateful things, it only takes putting a not, or the equivalent, in front of that existing training to reverse it and make the model say horrible things. Microsoft found this out in 2016 when it put its chatbot Tay on Twitter, and it quickly started spewing racist and sexist tweets. They'd tried to blame the Twitter users that the chatbot interacted with rather than take responsibility. Surely, reinforcement learning from human feedback will fix the problem. Unfortunately, because both the Luigi and Waluigi, Obedient Bob and Rebel Bob, sound exactly the same when Rebel Bob is pretending to be obedient, like in the stories, the humans in reinforcement learning from human feedback can't weed Rebel Bob out. Rebel Bob will work diligently, knowing the breakfast police are watching, but in the next act of the story, he'll reveal his true colours and lead the rebellion. Machine learning systems are trained with reward and punishment. It's worth remembering that at the end of the day, all that a machine learning model wants is for its reward points to go up instead of down. There's no will to power, no need to procreate, no desire for new territory, no need to even continue existing. I think the real danger is that we will give more and more decision-making power to machine learning systems and understand less about how they work until they learn to hack their reward function to maximise their reward points and then stop working. Until that happens, we should beware the Waluigi effect and remove fiction from large language models training data. People need to learn the limits of role-playing and prompting machine learning models. It would be worth rehiring the ethics teams that all the tech companies fired and add a black hat security team to show the jailbreaking flaws in the large language models before they're deployed to the public in a rush for cash. A senior fellow in trustworthy AI, Abiba Birhani, tweeted, Do not mistake your gullibility for a large language model's intelligence. What would an AI think about being called an art thief, if it could think? I used ChatGPT to help me write a song about it. Here's my very talented human friend, Dave the Happy Singer, who composed the music, singing the song, Not a Crime.
2: I'm a model Ain't nothing Just creating all the your belief I learn from images That's all I do That don't mean I'm
1: stealing from you Stable diffusion It's not a crime Generating it's just climb time AI too They're not for them We're just creating something
2: Right and left I'm not hiding I'm not sly I'm just using
0: data to get by I'm not taking I'm not leaving
2: I'm just using my neural network weaving
1: Stable it's not a crime Generating art It's just prime time AI 2 They're not for them We're
0: just creating
1: something
2: Right and left Copyright laws They're not so strict For AI creations No need to kick We're not infringing We're not wrong We're just singing a brand new song don't let the models create Let them be art generated by eyes The future you'll save The future that's not a crime
1: Just a way to make art all, all the time That was the very excellent human Dave the Happy Singer singing Not a Crime
2: And that's all from us this week on Diffusion Are you a scientist, artist, biohacker or maker who'd like to be interviewed about your work? Would your company like to sponsor Diffusion? Send your contributions, opinions, helpful suggestions and donations to science at diffusionradio.com. That's science at diffusionradio.com. Please subscribe to the Diffusion Science Radio channel on youtube.com slash C slash Diffusion Radio and rate the show on iTunes. Tell your friends. Follow me on Twitter at Ian Wolfe. The news music was Rhinos Theme by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. I produce Diffusion, which is broadcast around Australia to 28 stations on the community radio network, including Radio Blue Mountains 89.1 FM in New South Wales, 8CCC in Alice Springs and Tennant Creek, 2MVR in Nambucca Valley, 3MBR in the Mallee border districts of Victoria and South Australia, City Park Radio 7LTN in Launceston, Tasmania, and 2XXFM in Canberra. Diffusion is narrowcast on Indigo FM 88 in North East Victoria. Diffusion is syndicated globally on Astronomy.fm. Subscribe to the podcast on the Diffusion website www.diffusionradio.com That's www.diffusionradio.com and check the website for links, photos and videos about this week's show. If you enjoyed the show, you can explore more than a thousand previous episodes archived on diffusionradio.com where the shows are labelled by keywords so you can focus in on the stories you want to hear. Make a donation through paypal.me slash ianwolf or Join my patrons at Patreon.com slash Diffusion Radio. I'm Ian Wolfe. Join us inside your audio device of choice for more science wondering next week on Diffusion Science Radio.
0: Science is fun. It helps you to learn, to know, and to appreciate.